Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Yo! Yo, yo, yo. Standing Brothers Show. Welcome back, buddy. We are here. Live and alive. Um, We're not live and... Well, we are we, we are alive, yes. Um, but this is a show that you're listening to on Spotify. Man, that was a bad intro. Wow, that that was really bad. I think you you just want to start over. No, we're we're, we're already too far into this. Welcome back, everybody. I'm very happy to be back. Standing Brothers Show episode ninety something. I don't know. We're coming up on a hundred. Yeah. Um, off the sea. What a hundred will look like as far as what day that'll fall on, I can't top my head. I can't think of it right now. Um, maybe something fun for the hundredth episode. Maybe actually live stream that or something. That'd be fun. Um, that'd be pretty cool. Um, but folks, cool. thank you guys for listening. All the links, everything down below. Follow us on Twitter. You know, all that fun stuff. Um, but man, it's been a it's been a good week. Boys, it a hot one. Yeah. How about that sky today, Joe? Talk about blue, huh? Yeah, it was, it's hot. A blue sky today. That's Joe, how's your week going? Great. Uh, I am officially unemployed for one day, then I start my new job tomorrow, which is Friday. Bum. Which is why we're recording this a little bit differently. Uh, but yeah, great week. Uh, the the lightning uh, play tonight. Yep. Um, Vegas lost last night. Big, boo. Big boo, big boo there. Uh, but yeah, the U.S. Open started today too, so uh, busy. <laughs> and the Yankees have a chance to sweep tonight. Yeah, a chance to sweep. Yeah, but I don't. I don't have my fingers crossed for that one. Yankees have a chance to sweep, um, and the the Blue Jays of all teams. So that's that's okay. it's promising. So we'll see what they can do tonight. Um, playing a lot better than they have in recent days. So that's something that's a positive to look forward to. Um, but a little bit of a disclaimer: we're actually recording this on Thursday. I think that we're going to try to do the Thursday shows for for a time. I don't know what. Um, with with what the consistency with that would look like, maybe some Fridays are just me, maybe some Friday shows will be me and Joe, depending on what Thursdays look like for us. Um, but this show is is being recorded on Thursday, so um, Patreon subscribers get us on Friday, everybody else will get us on Saturday. So if something late breaking happens on any of those two days, and uh, you're like, why aren't you talking about this? Well, we'll get to it on Monday. Uh, They'll be on the Monday show. Chill out. <laughs> Um, but, but man, a lot of things happened this week. A lot of things I wanted to talk about. Um, one story is a little bit older than I wanted to mention, but I had a conversation over the weekend about it and I really wanted to expound my thoughts upon it. Uh, cause I think it's a little bit more of a nuanced take that we're not seeing a lot right now. I know there's a lot of turmoil going on right now in the Libertarian Party, especially what's going on in New Hampshire. I'm not the foremost expert to speak on that. I don't. I don't know a lot of the interworkings of the political um, of the actual party, even though I'm a member of the party, member of the Mises Caucus. Um, I'm not. I don't. I don't have the best knowledge of that. So, if you want to know what's going on, there are way better qualified people to. Uh, to speak on that issue, so if you're wanting to our opinion on it, I um, I'd probably just align with whatever Dave Smith is saying on this, or um, Tom Woods or any other those guys are saying on this. So, um, I will have to convey um that take to them if you want to know what's going on, or you know Michael Heiser and those, and those guys. Um, they're way more qualified, way more, way more knowledgeable on the party to to speak on the issues that are going on. Uh, I just, it's a bad situation all, all the way around. Um, but other things did happen this week, other things I wanted to mention and talk about. Uh, the big thing that we were waiting for this week was, of course, the Fed's meeting. FOMC. The FOMC. Um, but J. Rome, our, uh, our beloved um, benevolent Fed chairman, came out and um, delivered um, a speech and answered some questions about uh, the outlook of the economy and what the Federal Reserve's action is going to be um, as a response to that. And the, the backdrop, if you go back and listen to the other episodes, we mentioned of the inflation that's, a, that's it, it's here. Um, we're feeling it. We're experiencing it. You can go to a store and you can see it. You see it in a lot of people's wages. Folks are getting raises for almost, almost no reason at all. 
um, because businesses are quickly realizing that uh, they have to raise wages now to compete with the Fed's money printer. That's that's just inflation. So it's very interesting to see that we had a white hot CPI number. We've had very disappointing job numbers. Um, I think that the unemployment rate has actually gone up. I believe a little bit. There's a there's a Tim Pool posted something about that about how um we're actually seeing a more increase um in unemployment now, which is which it, which look if you're going to if the if the current policy right now with this with this with this easy money and with the policy of that we're going to do this course of action to get um, a certain unemployment number right they want to get it down to what like like four percent or whatever right and there's going to be consequences for this monetary policy action action that's why they're watching the inflation rate very very closely or they supposedly are. Um, if there is any deviation or any flatlining, or especially if there is a a an increase in unemployment, then then you have to start over again when it comes to this kind of stuff. Like if if you miss a jobs report number, then something's not working because what you're doing with the low interest rates and the um, the access to capital that we're not seeing right now, which is causing this inflation. If you're not meeting your expectations, then you that something is extremely wrong, because you're causing so much harm to the economy in the process. That if there's if there's, if there's no benefit to show for it, then what are you doing? So whenever I see a jobs report miss, or I see um, the the these the um, non-form payroll misses, then you got to stop this. Like this should, should, should this should be a, a clear sign that says, "Hey, this is not working." But of course, they're not going to do that. They're going to just say, "Oh, this is more reason why we need more of this." That's just, that's just how government works, right? Whenever they don't get the expectation that they want, they just ask for more of it. They double down. <laughs> they double down. They say, "Oh, well, this is um, this is a reason why we need four hundred billion dollars in spending instead of two hundred, just for whatever reason." Um, but uh, Jerome Powell came out and said. Um, some words and said some things that spooked to the markets and, and got everybody um, freaking out. Um, here's, a, here's a headline from the Wall Street Journal. It says, um, behind Fed confidence on inflation, some anxiety creeps in. Well, no, duh. Uh, it's, it's no doubt with that one. Uh, it says the central blank, central blank, blank. central bank is wearingly watching whether the public's expectations on inflation are starting to heat up. And of course this comes after, you know, the largest increase in inflation and in almost a decade we're seeing right now at the the annual core inflation is up to a 30-year high of 3.8%. Now, of course Powell and all I'm going to say this is all trans- transitory. Which as I'm going to keep saying, if they're right, then nothing bad will happen from that. But if they're wrong, and that this is only the platform of what we're going to eventually see in a Weimar-like republic situation with inflation, then it's it's over. We've already passed the point of of no return with this. So they're playing a very very dangerous game with this. Um, they raised their forecast for inflation. I remember that Powell was saying that they were expecting about 2% of annual inflation. Well, that's already out the window. Uh, we've already pushed way past the 2% in, um, average inflation rate. So that's already gone. And the fact that we're not seeing the jobs coming in like they thought they were. Like they thought they would. They thought they, thought they would. The great reopening is now the great uh, closing. It is funny. Um, what is this? Um Janet Yellen had this to say. What was the quote? She said, um, um, in response to inflation, she said, she said, the current burst of inflation we've seen reflects the difficulties of reopening an economy that's been shut down. Uh, you y- you know, <laughs> um, if an economy shuts down and then reopens, just because you have prices that increase does not necessarily mean that there's inflation. That could just be supply and demand shortages. We see this all the time in the market. But whenever you have an artificial supply 
issue or an artificial increase in demand due to, I don't know, giving everybody thousands of dollars in the last year or incentive or paying people more to stay home than to go to work. Uh, you have you have therefore metal. This is not the economy reopening, right? If the economy reopened and there was a shortage in labor because we had massive layoffs in that sector, then that would be a that would be that's not inflation. <laughs> that's the fact that they can't produce enough stuff because of a lack of employment due to um, whatever economic shutdown or whatever caused by a pandemic or whatever. Um, whenever you're incentivizing people to stay home more than to go to work. Um, and you're paying people that with money that's created out of thin air, uh, that's inflation. That's not the, that's nothing, nothing to do with the economy shutting down. If the Fed sat back and did nothing when the economy shut down, we'd be way, way better off than we are now. Yes, there would have been hardships. Yes, there would have been closed businesses. But you know what? Thousands of small businesses closed regardless of the Fed's actions. The only ones who saw any sort of bailout or any sort of money were your medium and your large companies. They're the ones that got the bailout. Your little mom and pop bakery in your downtown square. If they're gone, I mean, they didn't get any bailouts, but, you know, everyone else got propped up as a, as a result of all this. Um... But I did find it interesting, so I, I'll link the I'll link the Wall Street Journal article and the and the the, the um, New York Times had a good article. I mean, not good, but they just they just lay out a lot of information about this that you can go read. Um, I'll link these in the description. They did have an interesting little tracker, so um, you can see that the pre-pandemic trend. If you go back and you listen to this while I'm talking, um, there's a clear line of prices increasing. Um, over time, the CPI. And you can see that the white-hot uh, CPI numbers are causing this thing to climb faster than the expected um, line. And that, of course, is because there is um, crazy amounts of inflation that we're not even seeing yet. Yes, some of the prices are coming down, but do you think that wages are going to start coming down? Do you think that employers are going to start paying their people less after they've given them these ra- these, these these raises once this, once the fed tightens policy no those wage increases that wage inflation is going to be there which means that because you've had a lot of these entry level positions that have had to raise their wages so much to compete with the fed's money printer no sane business person now would sit there and say okay I gave you a $2 raise because we lost all these people. Now I got to take it back because things are back to normal now. No, that'll never happen. So now you have just, you've caused this insane wage inflation, which is a raise in the cost of labor, raise in the cost of, of, of hiring new people, training new people. Guess who's that going to, guess who's that's, who's that's going to hurt the worst. It's going to hurt your people who have little to no skills in these entry level employment opportunities is going to hurt high schoolers and college people who are going to be competing for these fewer jobs at higher prices. And that's going to be around forever. Like you've already set that bar for the price of labor now. The price of labor is not going to just come down magically overnight, not as fast as it came down. No, sorry, not, not as fast as it was. It went up, I should say. My bad. That's baked in. No matter, no matter what interest rates are set at. Speaking of interest rates, um, there was there was massive sell-offs, of course, in the markets, as to be expected by this. We saw massive sell-offs in commodities such as gold and silver. Copper got hit pretty hard. Um, oil didn't do as bad, but we saw major sell-offs and all this. And of course, this is because people are freaking out um, that that um, the Fed is going to raise rates sooner than expected to combat this inflation. Um, and that, well, that's it. The game's over now. They're raising the inflation. We're going back, sorry, they're raising the rates. We're going back to normal. Um, so everybody needs to stop, um, to stop um, buying gold and silver because, you know, there's no need for that anymore. It's time to go and buy bonds, time to go and, you know, do all this. So what did they, what exactly did they set targets for? So, um, previously the expected goal was to raise, um, interest rates in um, 2024. They were going to talk about, thinking about, possibly discussing 
the the probability of maybe raising interest rates in 2024. Well, well, now the reason why everyone's freaking out now is now they're going to think about possibly perhaps in the future one day discussing the 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 chance of raising rates in 2023. <laughs> so they've moved the they they've moved a a un sorry, they've moved the chance of them raising rates up a year earlier. So we're still we're still two years away from this because we're talking about at the end of 2023. So we're still a year two two and a half years away from them possibly sitting down to discuss about raising rates. Right? They didn't say we're gonna raise rates at this year. They say that we're gonna look at anticipating to raise rates at this time. And uh, what was the insane number they were gonna raise it to? Um, they were gonna go from um, 0.1 to uh, 0.6. So wow, drastic, man. Yeah, not, that's not even a percent. I mean, I mean that is six times the. That's six, six times. But, times. but when you, you go from one penny to six pennies, you're not really, uh, you really haven't moved the needle so much, and that, and it kind of gets to the point where, okay, yeah, everybody knows there's a problem here because if you have massive sell-offs at the potential of of raising rates in th- two years, two three years, everyone everyone can kind of tell that this uh, something something right here. And it kind of just shows that there is more downside than there is upside to the Fed's actions because because it can only do this for so long. And the upside sure looks great. You know that stock market. What was it at uh, before everything fell? What thirty four thousand? The Dow Jones was at uh, Nasdaq all time highs, S and P all time highs. The upside was looking great, but now you have a potential to see the downside. And we're not supposed to see the downside here in America because we have the greatest, most robust economy in the world. Well, no, we don't. There can't be a downside. There, there, can, there can never be a downside. The stock market can't ever go down. So if you're talking about raising rates, you know, raising five pennies, essentially. Or five basis points. Not, not, no, five basis points would be 5%. This is, you know, five-tenths of a basis point. That just shows you that, that there is tremendous downside. So that Dow Jones can go from 34,000 down to 20, 15, 10,000. That's millions of jobs lost. And there's, then there's always the unseen of jobs that will have never been created because no one wants to take the chance and then make those investments. So the, the downside is limitless. The upside is limited. But nobody wants to play around with that. Well, and to, to be honest, I'm not going to lie. When I, I didn't read, I didn't read the full report. I didn't really look at, um, at all the details until about yesterday. And whenever they say they're going to raise rates, I'm like, okay, they're basically at zero. So you're like, you're like 0.01 or whatever it's at right now. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. 0.1, which I mean, it's even, it's even lower than that really. So you have rates at zero. When I saw the reaction, I thought it was going to be, you know, five four percent like still like still way too low but at a at a at a at a significant increase that would warrant maybe this kind of reaction um from the markets from the commodity markets from the bond markets i thought okay maybe an increase of like you know a drastic increase still not enough of where it should be we're not still talking like you know like like the paul volcker numbers like 20 percent, which is where they probably should be um but no 0.6 percent not even a full percent that's what they want to increase this to. And that's that's not saying that we're going to. It's said that we expect to probably make it that way. And those numbers will not keep up with inflation. No. So this 0.6% will do nothing. Well, here's the thing as well. That this is this is two and a half years in the future. We're already seeing a 5% year-over-year um, inflation increase. And I don't think that... What the state happens with 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 the month of well, the month of June, if we don't see a decrease in the CPI, and we have um, a year straight of, of of increases in inflation, is it trans- is it transitory? Okay, who get, wh- at what point do we decide that that the inflation is all transitory and it's all going to come back down? What's the date, like? Jerome, seriously, what are we looking at for for the exact dates? Okay, if 
if the if the CPI is not at this number, or, or if we're not seeing inflation numbers by this date, we'll, we, we, we'll, we'll, we'll update our timeline and we'll lower rates. He doesn't issue anything like that. You know why? Uh, because the expectation in the markets would just go into complete meltdown. Well, see, he can't say that because of the meltdown. But yes. what's going to happen is, is that they're going to get caught with their hand in the cookie jar, so to speak. Because uh, what happens when the year-over-year, let's say we get into next year, late next year, and the year-over-year uh, inflation rate is not only 5%, but it goes up to maybe, I don't know, 8 10 percent well now they're gonna have to come out again saying okay well next year we're gonna have to raise rates and it's gonna have to be a significant number it's gonna have to be three and a half four five percent then that's when you see the real sell-off but he's trying to put himself in a position of power so he has options but he's quickly realizing or he already knows that he doesn't have any options so they're just trying to kick the can down the road to avoid the inevitable uh major collapse that's going to happen he look. He raises the rates. We had a look. The price of gold. Um, those of you who don't track it probably don't have no idea. The price of gold nearly it lost about a hundred dollars um, intraday. Didn't 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 close the day at that. But we had a nearly a hundred dollar price drop in the price of gold about five percent. Um, most of the commodity stocks got absolutely slaughtered today. And and why? Because of the idea that the Fed might possibly think about raising rates in two and a half years. Not that they're going to, but the fact that they're talking about it. So what happens when they actually do? Which they won't. What happens when they actually do? Every single growth, commodity, all of that is going to be evaporated right now. If they decide to do that. Which they won't. Because they know if they do, they'll tank the entire stock market and as joe said that can never go down the stock market can never go down do you think that biden's gonna just allow that to go on and say oh well not in my ruling economy you know biden economics well they'll just blame it on trump but even though a year or so from now they really can't because biden will have been president for two years so it just becomes the game that they always play well okay when trump was president okay what's well, obama's fault and then obama took credit for all of trump's so-called successes and this goes on this goes on all the time so there's never any real um taking care of business so to speak it's always just oh let's just put another band-aid on it and give the guy some morphine and you know give him some more heroin uh so it looks like the problem is, is going away when it's really just getting worse yeah um we're, we're they're playing a very very dangerous game with with all this and i think that um it, it's i mean we'll see i think it'd be interesting to see the uh, june numbers what those will be out in a couple of I me mean, at the end it'll be in, out in, in july and it'd be interesting to see um for those well to me sorry to cut Go you ahead. off no, you're fine but it, to me it'd be interesting to see if when the june numbers come out as far as the inflation goes what people like Jim Cramer are going to say. Because if it comes out hot yet again, okay, Jim Cramer is the perpetual dove that the he never sees anything wrong with the market as it exists now. So if it comes out next month and it's higher than expected, um, what's he going to say? Well, it's we, we still believe it's transitory. Okay, but at what point does your forecast change? Uh, that's what I'm waiting to see. Yeah. Um, for those people who think that it's, that inflation just it will just magically go away one day, and the fact that you know a quarter of all U.S. dollars ever have been have been magically created in the last um, twelve months, and all, all of that is gonna be all hunky dory, and that'll have no effect on the economy long term. Um, Zero hedge again. I'll link it down below. They have a little um, a little article that talks about how a lot of the things that I mentioned about wage inflation and all of that. Um, just things in the economy that we've seen go go up in prices are not going to come back down just because interest rates go up or just because um, the Fed gives the all clear. Um, there, the, the the massive wealth transfer, the fact that you have wage inflation, as I mentioned, um, these things are not going to simply just go away overnight. And they're not going to go away within the course of two years. Right, these wage increase is not transitory. Lumber might be, the price of copper might be, but you're not going to have a a a a decrease 
in the price of labor as quickly as um, a commodity can move on the exchange. Nobody's going to take a pay cut. Exactly. That's not going to happen. You can't – look. Look, you can charge less for, for an ounce of gold based on supply, demand, the cost of mining it, the cost of, 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 man, of um, smelting it and manufacturing it and selling it. All that can play into effect, but you can, you can adjust on that. You, can, you can't tell an employee, say, well, you know, um, prices have, have – we've got to lower our prices and all – no, sorry, we've got to raise our prices and we, can, we need to um, start asking people to maybe take a 10% pay cut across the entire business. No, they're not going to do no, that. No, that'll never happen. Well, and with people not wanting to work, the people who do work are requ- are, re- are requesting more an hour. So that is not going away either. So as long as you have the uh, stay-at-home, you know, Employment Act, which is unemployment, um, that's not going to help the situation either. Which will, again, increase in the labor, not going anywhere. For a lot of the sector, service sector, restaurant sector, most expensive part of the business labor. is labor. That'll never go away. The the cost of food, the cost of services, the cost of goods, those aren't going to go away just because of a transitory commodity or a transitory um, product. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. So the number two cost in any restaurant, use that as an example, labor and then food costs. So if your labor goes up just to have the people make the food, and then your food costs go up because everyone who's involved in getting that food to your door goes up, the food prices go up. So everything goes up. That doesn't go away unless something ca- catastrophic happens. Yeah. Um, and which no, which we're not well, we're not supposed to see that. Well, and then, as I said, the price of labor went up because of inflation that was given out by the Fed to pay for these unemployment checks. It, it all comes back around to the Fed. All of this comes back around to the easy money, to the ability for, for the Fed to monetize debt, and to basically be the printing press for the federal government. All this comes back around to that. Um, so be expecting to see what happens with, with, with the Fed and Jerome Powell, um, maybe after seeing this reaction, and maybe if the Dow takes a big turn, NASDAQ and S&P all take big turns, maybe he'll be like, ooh, well, we can't, uh, we can't, we can't raise rates now, which that'll probably end up happening. Okay, I saw this on Twitter, and it was one of those things that I didn't know if it was real or not, but I I had to mention it on the show today. There was an NBC article that came out. So we we haven't talked about the whole um, lab theory a whole lot on this show and the the Wuhan, um, sorry, the Wuhan lab and the origins of COVID. Um, I have always held the position ever since this this whole outbreak and pandemic started. I always held the position that I need to hear all sides of this issue in this debate because nothing makes sense coming from the mainstream media. Not that you should trust the mainstream media because you probably shouldn't, but they're not making sense and they're contradicting themselves. Fauci always contradicts himself. Um, nothing makes sense. So I need to hear all sides. So I listen to all sides. I listen to the the weird conspiracy theorists. I listen to the Alex Jones types. I, I listen to everybody. Um, and one pers- one persistent thing, the thing that I was saying um, back in February, March, is that um, the possibility of this thing coming from a lab. Well, that's all basically been confirmed as of now. We saw in the Fauci emails, and not basically the mainstream media has just kind of picked this up as as gospel at this point. Um, there's been some more developments. I have an NBC article here, and there's a quote from this, and I kind of want to get kind of want to get reaction. Talk about this for a few minutes. It says, "Scientists did not come forward sooner to back the Wuhan lab theory because, quote, at the time it was scarier to be associated with Trump and to become a tool for racists." So people do not want to publicly call for an investigation into the lab origins. Now, if you listen to me say that and you're not doing a backflip out of your chair right now or you're not – Your eyes haven't rolled. Your eyes have not head. rolled. You haven't passed out because of the, 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 the sheer just shock of that statement. Scientists knew and were hypothesizing this theory and this possibility – Back when Trump was president, remember, you know, not that long ago, um, back when this thing first started, but they didn't want to say anything or be associated with it because of racism, because they didn't want to accuse a communist 
lab in a communist country um, for possibly spreading this thing or possibly creating this thing and spreading it. There was um, Sky News Australia got a hold of video footage of bats inside of these labs. So that's all been confirmed. But now that this is where this thing came from. Do you know how remarkable it is that the social pressure of, you know, whenever Trump called this thing the China virus, right, which um, the only people that should have an issue with that are, are for those who are actually looking for an issue with that. Because if you notice, it's not um, it's not racist to call it, you know, these Indian variant of the virus or the British variant of, of the virus. You know, we, we can we can say all the time. But the moment you mentioned the China virus, the fact that this this, this thing came from China, which it did. Um, I didn't, I was saying on Twitter, I said the fact that you're more worried about that than trying to find um, a cure for this or the fact that you're worried about just Trump saying the China virus. Um, this is what happens when Trump said anything. Uh, the mainstream media, these these losers on the left, they had to take the opposite position. Trump mentions country. That's racist. The Kung flu. The Kung flu. Um, Trump says Trump says a geographical sect of land well that's racist trump correctly um gives the origins of this of the national oranges of this virus origins of this virus that's racist he also said to drink bleach too no he didn't <laughs> stop he didn't trump did not say drink bleach no, out of all the things i wish he kind of said he's like you know if you drink a bunch of clorox it'll probably kill the thing well yeah clorox not, works on the surface why don't work inside your body no I, again he didn't say that but that's what they'll come back to you with. So well, he's also said to drink bleach, which, of course, he never said, and that's the stupidest thing. These are the same people who think that Putin um, Is was over there hacking. Pulling strings. Um, pu- pu- yes, yeah, yeah, polling locations to get Trump elected. Yeah. Can you imagine if they actually came forward with this and said, hey— we're the part of the science, part of the medical community. We think that you need to look into the lab origins of this. And when you think that you need to go in the U.S. government, CDC, WHO, whoever, you need to go into this lab and, and look at what's, what the crap's going on here. Do you think maybe we, we, we might have found out sooner how this thing, um, more information about this, been able to hold China accountable, you know, whatever that looks like um, that Trump and Biden wanted to do? Do you think maybe that might have been um, pretty useful? Slightly. Or the fact that we demonized anybody for the mere suggestion that this thing did not occur from a bat flying into a wet market and then landed on a guy's um, um, food that he was buying. And then somehow the, the, the marriage of the bat DNA and the broccoli that he was buying at a market somehow created this, this great um, – um, freak of nature virus that infected the entire world. Do you think maybe we might have, um, you know, because I know many people got got and it's so much crap for saying that this thing came from from from, especially just just saying this, this saying the China virus got you canceled. Got, I mean, get the, the 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 media outrage from just Trump saying, you know, this is the big. It was the China virus. It came from China. They unleashed it on the world. It was very very bad. It was a horrible horrible thing that China did. Just him saying that got enough of the entire left to freak out. But you had people banned on Twitter, banned on YouTube for suggesting that that this thing came from a lab and it was not a freak of nature um, part of evolutionary biology. That um, that there are where is the where is the reparations? Where is the apologies for that? Well, it also just shows just how anti-science they are too, because the way science works is okay. Well, we have here we have a problem. All options are on the table where this thing possibly could have come from, solutions to this. Like you saw this with the hydroxychloroquine and other drugs like that. They said, oh, well, someone mentioned it, and that person just happens to be something we don't like, so therefore you're not allowed to take it. Well, hold on a second. People's lives could have been saved or prolonged by using these certain types of drugs. And I never understood why the, quote, science community uh, said that, you know, we can't look into whether or not it came from China because that's unscientific or for whatever reasons we can't do that. Well, no, that's not how science works. Science, you're supposed to go into areas and do research, and even if it's uncomfortable or it comes to a conclusion you, that you don't like, sorry, but that's the way it works. 
So, yes, to me, that they never wanted to prove Trump right or say he was right. So they always said, oh, well, he's wrong about everything. But now they're going to have to do that anyway. So just go ahead. Just, just, just get over yourself. Get over your hatred. Get over your, the ickiness that surrounds the orange Cheeto. Just get over it. He may have been right about where, the, where the, uh, the virus came from. He may have been right about uh, hydroxychloroquine or these other drugs. So what? Who cares? If there's a possibility that, that, that these drugs and knowing where this virus came from saves lives, isn't that worth it? Oh, no, it's not worth it because we are in the octagon. We are in the Thunderdome where if people die, well, they die. Joe. They did not. It was scared to be associated with Trump. That don't, they didn't want to look. They kept quiet on their opinion that, hey, this thing came from a lab and was genetically altered and created. There were scientists playing God with viruses and created this thing. They would rather keep that a secret and keep us from investigating that. And all of the crap that came from that they would rather do that than give Trump a win. That's just what it's coming down to. Yes. How if, if this is just the tip of the iceberg, how much other stuff came? Let's just say, for instance, that we're seeing a lot of – look, now that these studies are going to come out when it comes to hydroxychloroquine and um, – um, what's the other one? Um, or vec, um, Invest, Investimir? No. Um, Invectomycidin? It's the other drug. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. There's, there are two drugs. There are two um, antiviral, like, but you're malaria. But you're not allowed to say on YouTube. You're not allowed to say on YouTube. You get banned. Which, again, um, anti-science. There are two drugs that we're seeing very promising results. Now they're actually able to do real studies on this thing. I'll bet. I will bet that doctors said, hmm, maybe this thing could help people. It's low cost. There's abundance of it out there. And we can give it to people right now. We could save a bunch of lives. But they didn't want to come out for it because, of course, you know, once there is a, a treatment or, or, or not, not saying a cure, but, a, but an effective treatment for something, you can't get emergency authorization for a, for a, a treatment. Or a vaccine. Or a vaccine treatment. You, you can't get emergency authorization. So I would bet that there is a government scientist out there or someone connected to the Trump administration who kept quiet because of those circumstances. Oh, I have no doubt. And that they didn't want to give Trump the win. Yes, that's what, so, this all, that's what, that's what, that is what this is all about. So people died and were sacrificed on the idol of not giving Trump a win. Look, we're no fan of Trump. Look, l- look, lock Trump in Gitmo for all I care. But man, how evil a person do you have to be to, to withhold information that could have saved uh, thousands, not even th- millions of lives around the world? Hundreds of thousands. Just because, you know, evil, evil President Hitler, the Cheeto Trump. Well, see, the problem is that there, there's a large swath of people who will reject that entirely because they'll say, well, well, the, the scientists who were in charge, the Fauci's, the Burks of the world, they said that there wasn't the evidence that supported the fact that those drugs could have saved people. It's not going to be until after, oh, well, maybe they had a point, but, you know, they were doing the best they could with the information they had. And even if you bring up the, uh, the scientists felt that they were, uh, they were more scared of being associated with Trump than, than to tell the truth, they'll say, oh, well, they were afraid that Trump might have done something to them. Or they'll say, oh, well, they, they were being silenced by Trump, or there was other things, right? They, they, will, they will find every which way to come out on top of this. They'll find every which way to make every excuse they can not to be the bad guy. And that's the real problem here, is that you've got people who are willing to play God, essentially, with these people's lives. The, the, the elites will play God with people's lives not to give someone a political win. Who gives a flying you-know-what, you know, four-letter word about giving Trump a win? These are people's lives. You know, thousands of businesses were lost. The the suicide rates that, that shot up among teenagers over the last year and a half. All of this, that's that's on you. 
So I, 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 I will no longer take the, the retribution that I get from people who say, well, you never wore a mask, well, you didn't lock down. No, screw you. Because if you are still enforcing those things, if you are still saying those things were important, you are on the side of the, of the scientists who were too scared to be associated with Trump. You are the ones who caused all these deaths. You are the ones who caused all this destruction. Not on me. That's on you. And you got to deal with that. If you can look in yourself in the mirror, Dr. Fauci... Burks, people, the governors, all these people who supported all this totalitarian nonsense, that's on you. And if you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, I did the right thing, then you've got something wrong going on upstairs. Because that's not okay. That's that's unhuman. That's anti-science. That's anti-humanity is what that is. And those people, um, when, when people were criticizing Dr. Fauci, he was saying, oh, well, uh, if you attack me, you attack science. I am the science. Or, you know. I am the science. He says, no, we're not attacking science. We're attacking you. And Idiot. Pe- and people are saying, we don't, we're not the ones that want to see science hanging from an overpass. No, it's you who are the reason who have caused all these things. Well, I'm just a humble civil servant. I just make recommendations. I don't make policy. No, people listen to you. There are songs that people wrote about you. You know, it's no it's no coincidence that when every time you're on some YouTubers, you know, pop culture YouTubers, your videos get pushed to the top of the algorithm. You are this the reason why Dr. Fauci. This whole thing, this whole year and a half that we've gone through is because of you. All these governors that signed on to your nonsense, that's on you. And all the people that supported you. I, I, I get so sick of seeing these videos of, you know, the, the people that, do, that remake songs like the doc, like the, um, Dr. Fauci. Yeah, the, the, uh, the Sandman song, like, bring us vaccines. You know, that, that's, that's gross. That is a cult-like behavior. And it's all on the, it's all on the altar of science. Well, this isn't science. There's nothing, there is no data to prove whatsoever of the efficiency and the uh, the effectiveness of masks and lockdowns. They just made that stuff up. Pulled it right out of thin air. The social distancing, the six feet apart. The CDC said, well, we don't really know where we came with that number. Really? This, but, these are the scientists. But, but didn't they say that um, something came out about this said that six feet is just as effective as like, as like 60 feet or whatever? Yeah. That there was no difference in the fact that they said that when you're indoors, it doesn't matter because the air just keeps being being recirculated. So it didn't matter how far apart you were. And then then outdoors, and we now know that of course it didn't. It doesn't matter how close or how far you are, as long as you're not like on top of somebody, because the air is constantly being blown away. Like because you're I don't know outside. Yeah, and the national psychosis of being scared of another human face. If people will say, "Well, I won't go to concerts. I won't go do this in a large crowded event unless I have a vaccine." That's that that's no you can't do that to people you have destroyed people's lives and they think they're doing it because oh well I'm just doing it for my safety no there is nothing to prove that any of this is going to do anything yeah there's something interesting I saw there was a tweet that came out and um it was from one of these idiots on Twitter but it said how many of you people are still wearing masks just like it's like a it's like a general question that some of these influencers put out there. And the comments of people saying, been vaccinated, but I'm still wearing a mask because I don't trust um, the honor system of these Trumpers. Or of these, or these, these anti-vaxxers. These anti-vaxxers, Joe, I don't trust the honor system anymore. Because most businesses now, um, besides don't. the ones that aren't, that aren't cucked, um, have dropped the masks completely. It's all it's all optional because um, they because the CDC says you don't have to wear a mask once you're once you're vaccinated. And since there's no infrastructure for verifying vaccination status um, accurately, because um, you can just find a a a image of the vaccine card online, print it off, and put your own crap in it, which I have on my Twitter account. You shouldn't you shouldn't do that, but it, it's up there. Um, but don't do it. That these people are just completely psychotic, psychotic and paranoid. There was uh, there was a shooting here in Atlanta just the other day of uh, a dispute over masks, and someone died. They got into a shootout. You don't think that these scientists? You don't think that like okay, when they say that they're 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 scared of Trump, right? 
You don't think Trump would have taken any good news to help people? Trump in an election year would not have taken an would have taken like let's say the hydroxychloroquine or these other drugs were effective, right? And they said, "Oh, well, I was scared of Trump. I didn't want to give the information. I was scared of him." Right? Um, don't you think Trump would have rolled the dice and said, "Hey, let's try this. If it helps people, awesome. I will rise victorious." I'll be the president that saved America from the COVID pandemic with this cheap, affordable drug, or I saved the, or, or this thing came from Wuhan, China, and I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to go after China, and I'm going to hold Xi Jinping by the collar and yell in his face about how he destroyed America. Do you know how much, uh, uh, you know how much goodwill that would have garnered for the nation <laughs> if that would have happened? Um, he would have done that in a heartbeat because he's a Machiavellian. All right, he's the one who would have done anything to to get to get re-election. That's why he pushed the vaccine so hard. Yes, it's because he was looking for anything to get his chance to be re-elected. So I don't want to hear this about oh, well, I was scared to be associated with Trump. Trump didn't care who he associated with as long as it was good for him. <laughs> That's Trump. That's Trump for you. I, I just think I think I think it's gross that some people stooped down that low for a political, a mere political gain. Um, I will link the tweet, and you can see the people's responses to this one. It's pretty, pretty good. All right, last thing I want to kind of talk about. I know this is kind of old news. This came out from uh, June 10th. This happened. So last week, I did have a, a spicy take on this that I will try to find. I'll try to link that in the description if I can remember correctly. But um, and I do kind of want to mention uh, this man in particular. I did write a substack about him. Um, but I kind of want to give my thoughts on him beyond um, COVID. So Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, came out. The country of Florida, sorry. No, the country. Came out and um, said that he was going to essentially be banning um, critical race theory. Those who know who critical race theory, that's like the 1619 project is kind of the similar. Um, 1776 project? No, not that one. The, um, they're, they're one and two. But you know what I'm trying to say. Um came out there and said that Florida schools would no longer be allowed to teach critical race theory. And um, those who know who critical race theory is, you can go look it up. It's just a bunch of just Marxists, you know, hating cops, hating America, hating white people because, you know, racism, that kind of thing. Um, And establishing, establishing really dangerous ideas that, you know, hard work is somehow white supremacy and how um, showing up on time is white supremacy. We don't have to be white to perpetrate white supremacy. Yeah, stuff crap like that. that. Um, No fan of it, and, you know, it should be, be, you know, it shouldn't be taught to children. Um, But we saw a massive uproar in the conservative right of this nation saying that this is a big win for America, that he abolished um, this from being taught in schools. Um, I, the libertarians were kind of split on this. A little bit more of the right-leaning ones were um, championing this on, um, and then many of them were not. So um, the way I look at this is I don't like the governor having the power to be able to just willfully choose what teachers are allowed to teach children or teach students. Um, another example of this would be where if a business wanted to, or privately owned business, um, wanted to go out there and do critical race theory in their companies or diversity training, governor comes on and says, yeah, 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 you can't do that. And if you continue to do it, then we're going to um, cut cut whatever grants that you're receiving if they receive um, government grants, or we're going to so we're going to penalize you um, financially for this. Um, but. Go ahead. That's a little different because we're talking about public schools. No, here's the here's, here's reason why. It's still a financial thing, right? If a school wants to teach that, well, they'll lose their job. They'll lose their funding. Same thing. If if, if, it, went to a, if it went to a company who's receiving funding or receiving some kind of monetary incentive from the government, and they say, well, if you don't play by our rules, we're, we're going to cut your funding away. But it's completely different, though, because if you're going to a private business and the customer's uh, voluntarily choose those services. With public school, you don't have as much choice in the matter. They're taught what they're taught because the government decides. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. That's what I'm, that's what I'm getting to. Oh, okay. okay. I don't like the governor being able to go over there and tell, um, tell these teachers what they're allowed to teach. Essentially. Um, now, with that said, 
do I want kids being taught critical race theory? Of course not. I don't think I don't think anyone besides these 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 loony liberals, <laughs> I have to pull a, a Bill Bill O'Reilly quote, um, want this to be ta- taught to kids. Um, it's very it's it's grossly unpopular. So, um, part of me is is sort of um, part of me is sort of contradicted in that manner. I don't like the governor ha- having this kind of power, but this also gets to the structure of of two things I want to mention. I have seen countless videos of teachers being grossly mad about what their kids are being taught in public schools and we're seeing more and more of this because kids are at home doing school the parents are seeing what the kids are being taught because of everything being online you've got teachers telling the students do not tell your parents what we're doing in class so teachers are being upset about the crap that kids are being taught and you're seeing these these teachers go um, to you know these, these school council meeting and yelling at them and saying how can you teach our kids these Marxist ideas and you know my son is white and you're telling him that he you know, needs to be ashamed of his whiteness or whatever. He's only twelve. Um, and the issue I have with that is if that is that big of a deal for you to for you to leave your home, take time out of your day to go to go yell at a at a at a, at a, at a school board or whatever, um, and if it's that big of a deal for you to have this this anger then why are you keeping your kids in that school? Like, 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 seriously, what other institution or what other situation where you got that outraged about, would you not say, okay, that's it, we're leaving, we're done. If it's that important to you and you're not pulling your kids out of school, then maybe it's not, maybe it's not, maybe it's, it's not, 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 not that important to you. That's what I get upset about when I hear conservatives, and especially when I see on Fox News, that like, oh, how can these, um, how can these teachers teach this to their kids and these parents are so right you know we need, we need to change the laws in this in this, in this nation or, or or an radical idea if you think that you know the future of your child's education is that important which it is that important um to, to set the foundation for your children's ideology to think critically um to to get a good education to to understand the world around them um to to, to learn valuable skills that's extremely important so if you think that your child's ed- education is one of the most important things they'll ever have to encounter, maybe you wouldn't auction that off or send that off to someone else who's teaching this crap. You find out about it, and all you do is complain about it. Yeah, I think the, the CRT, the 1619 Project, and the 1776 Project is the best commercial for homeschooling that ever existed. Um, because, I mean, over the last year, like Jacob said, we've seen – parents have seen what they're – students are actually being taught in school and it's all just a bunch of hot garbage you know hvot as our grandmother called it hot vomit on toast um it it just shows yet again that you know there is a a second if not third if not fourth way of educating students you don't have to send them to the minimum security prisons that are public schools you can homeschool there are tons of programs out there that have homeschooling has gotten so much better over the decades that it's no different in fact, it's probably a better education. And well, it's, well, people say, what about the socialization? Well, I mean, well, I mean, you, what socialization are kids getting at learning from home? None. And more, your kids are more often to be bullied at a public school. That's possibly the only time that they will ever face that kind of abuse is at a public school. Is that really worth it? Now, sports and other extracurricular activities, those things have existed long before there were public schools, whether it's sports music, dance, you know, whatever. Those things have always existed before public schools, and they will exist exist after public schools. So I, I, don't, I don't buy that fact. And let's be honest, some of the kids that are in public schools are not the kind of kids that you probably would want your kids to be around. There's some bad kids out there, and you want to keep your kids away from the bad kids. Uh, that that's just the that's a fact of life, right? You adults don't go generally don't go around hanging around convicts, right? Because those are bad people. You are who you associate yourself with, right? Am I right? So why would you send your kids to schools with bad kids? I mean, come on. So, but the I don't necessarily have a problem with uh, uh, not Newsom, but uh, DeSantis. Uh, 86ing it. I don't necessarily have a problem with that, because yes, he is the governor of Florida, and he. I don't know to the extent of which uh, his powers over the curriculum for his state are, but I mean, 
here you have critical race theory, the 1619 Project, and the 1776 Project, which are all terrible and all bad. If he just retroactively says, okay, we're not going to do this, we're not going to allow this, to me, that's better than the alternative, than a government imposing that on a state. Maybe... Well, isn't it, isn't it the same thing? It is the same thing. But I would much rather them take the bad thing away than put the bad thing on. Because once the bad thing is put on, it's nearly impossible to take the bad thing away. I just don't like the governor having the ability to tell teachers what they can and can't teach. Because um, that should be left up to the, to the teachers. I agree with that. So, it, let me get another example. I get us to example to conservatives all the time. Um, I'm not sure what DeSantis will replace the curriculum with or whatever. But if Gavin Newsom went over there and said, no, no, you will teach critical race theory or else, which is the, the direct inverse, do, you, does, do conservatives have, have an issue with that? As far as the power dynamic of, of the governor doing that. If you have an issue with that, then you have a problem with DeSantis doing it as well. That's yeah. the issue that I have with a lot of conservatives is that they say, okay, this is, this is um, him. This is, this, is, this is him using his executive order for or executive power for what we like. Right. Um, back to the parents, though. There, 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 there's no good example for – there's no good reason for, for, for public school to continue to exist in this country. There, there's, there's not any positives that I can find from it existing. Um, and until these teachers with all this righteous – teachers – until these parents who have this righteous anger about what these kids are being taught, if you're not pulling the kids out of school and you're not pulling pull, for whatever tax money you're, that's being stolen from you to follow that child, which I think is the, is the, is the, is the next step, like we're not going to abolish public school overnight. It's not going to happen with one single vote, one single pa- passage of legislation. What can pass, though, is following is having money follow the kids, which will you know force public schools to compete with private and homeschool, which they'll never be able to do because they're, by definition, inferior in every single way. If you're not advocating for that, then I don't take you seriously, right? If you claim education was the most important thing about them, then as soon as you see this crap, you would say, I don't want any part of this. I'm pulling my kid out, and if I have to, if I have to work a second job to homeschool my kid, I'll do it because my kid is that important. I've already said that whenever the time comes for me to decipher schooling, they ain't going to a public school. If I have to come home from work to, 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 to school them myself, then I will do it gladly. But I am not sending a, a, a child into, into that environment when you know this is going on. And if you continue to, to uphold that. To subject them to that. To subject them to that, then I can't take you seriously. Take your kid out, advocate for I mean, I obviously I wrote on Twitter, I said, why ban um, CRT when you can just abolish public schools, which I think is the perfect solution to this. However, it's it's a little more controversial. No, it's a little more of you know edgy. I don't want to say you utopian, but it, it you know what I'm trying to say. Well just tell them to say, hey, I want the money to follow my kid. If there's $15,000 a year to educate a child, I should have a credit, a certificate to say I can go to a private school. If they cost $18,000, i will make up the difference. Or I get $15,000 worth of homeschooling supplies from my child every single year because it's stolen from me, so I might as well get it back. Well, they won't do that because the, because the, the school is where people are indoctrinated into what the ruling class wants you to believe. But some states already have. Like Kentucky, I think, did it. Well, here's the here's reason why they won't give it up. The, the reason why conservatives will never want to abolish the public schools is because of things like the 1776 Project. They want to indoctrinate kids just in the same way as the left does with the 1619 Project. Now, we, we don't still have to get into debate of what's in those two things, but neither side wants to give that up. The culture war exists in the public school. The right knows this. So they want to use the public school as their platform to indoctrinate kids. They won't give it up. They don't necessarily care whether or not, oh, we'll, we'll, chi- we'll kind of chisel around the edges of some things, but they won't make the structural fundamental change because they want to use that same power, like what you said, for what DeSantis did. It's the same thing, just it's two sides of the same coin. That's what this is. One side wants to teach 1619, the other side wants to teach 1776 Project. It's the same thing, just a little bit different. So, so 
I can't be as outraged or as upset about this because they both want to do the same thing. That's it. That's what I was getting towards, though. But my issue is with the parents on this. Well, see, that, that's but, my biggest point. issue with the parents. But the problem is, most of these parents, the ones who are upset about these things, want to use the public school in the way. I, I don't think they do, though. I think they do. I think that some of these parents are outraged that their kids are being taught crap and they want it to stop. And they're not willing to put up. Look, if it's that, look, as I said, if it's that important, you would have looked at looked at this and said, "Look, if you don't change this, I'm pulling my kids out." But I, I think the the vast majority of parents don't want to homeschool because they want someone else to teach their kids. Well, then they then, don't then, want to take the responsibility. Then because then, hang then on, let the me outrage is manufactured at that point. It's not real but because me, if you really let, cared let, about let, your let, kid, let, you would have taken them out. Let me finish though. It's because they're not necessarily concerned whether or not. Really, what they're being taught, they want them to be indoctrinated with the same things that they were indoctrinated with, right? Lincoln's proposition nation that he created at the Gettysburg Address. That's what everybody accepts as legitimate history, even though it's completely false and wrong, but that's what they wanted them to be indoctrinated with. No one wants to teach real American history. Nobody wants to teach, you know, real economics and how to balance a checkbook, right? We can do trigonometry, but we can't balance a checkbook. That's more important we, these days. We, we know how to we know how to find X on a, on a on a yeah. problem that you'll never use. But but ask any high schooler how the stock market works, and they will roll their eyes in right. the back of their head. You know, they, they don't know they don't understand anything about compound interest and how interest works, and you know how to how to do small repairs around the house. But we can do trigonometry, and we can write great research papers. Yeah, that's really building a society up for success, right? They don't want the parents don't necessarily want those things. They want them to be indoctrinated the same thing that they were indoctrinated with because they thought that that is a legitimate real education. When really. Everyone's wrong, but me. <laughs> Everyone's wrong, but but you're, our but us. You're all wrong, but us. Okay, this is the only show we got everything right. Um, yes, that's what I feel about the about DeSantis and about that. Um, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't disagree, but, but I, I, I just think a lot of this outrage is manufactured. I it think is. It, I think if, I think if the parents really cared, they would take this kind of action. Because honestly. Um, I have no children. I have no children in public school system. But if I did, and I just happened to find out about this, um, that I mean, maybe I would have gone to one of these meetings to get an explanation for it, or to to ask to ask. Um, this needs to stop. And if I don't get the response I want, I'm pulling them out. Um, I think the 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 logical solution for this is for parents who are outraged, and just just in general, have the money follow the kids i know that's very unpopular for for an ancap to say but abolishing public schools is 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 extremely unlikely to to never happen as long as there is a state but what we can't happen we can't have and as far as taxation that's not going to go anywhere as far as anytime soon so the best the, the next best solution is to have the money fall the kids so you give however many dollars the public school takes. That's, that's that is a certificate. They can go to a private school, charter school. They can go to homeschool. It doesn't matter. Or they can go to public school. But that creates competition. It creates schools to to compete for kids. Uh, imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine schools trying to compete for for you for your kids um, to be the best. Um, that's the solution. I mean, yeah, I've been in some of these public schools for when we were Boy Scouts, you know, Merit Badge Day, whatnot. They're crap. They're, they're, they're hot garbage. There's, not, there's nothing in a public school that's exciting or that's – everything looks the same, right? It, it reminds me of when we were in Germany on the uh, on uh, West Germany. Everything looked the same. It was just – East. Uh, sorry, yeah, East Germany. Everything was concrete. Every, all the buildings looked the same. Everybody just looked so depressed. That's what public schools are. It's just cinder block, painted white, everything looks the same. The bell rings, you go to the next class. The bell rings, you go to the next class. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like the old industrial America, right? When, when, the, when the, uh, the air horn uh, the ring, whistle. when the steam whistle rings, you, it's time for lunch. It's time, for, it's time to go back to work. Break, you know, the day's over. Start the day, right? That's what public schools were created to be. It was not to necessarily educate. It was to indoctrinate people to be good workers. So Making good little workers. Well, folks, that's the episode for the show. 
Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it and you said, hey, I want to support those guys financially, you can do so in the, in the links below. Check out the Patreon. Check out the uh, the uh, Teespring store. Um, I'm thinking about doing some new t-shirt designs. If you have any ideas, I would love to see them. Um, I kind of like the whole you know 80s outrun kind of thing I got going on. Uh, so if you have any cool ideas for that, I did update the sticker. It has a better background now. So the one we had before was kind of eh, wasn't happy with it, but I think I upgraded it now. I'm going to order one here soon and see what it looks like. But uh, be sure to go and check those out. Follow us on Twitter. And um, yeah, I, I had <laughs> nothing else for you guys. Um, but just thank you so much for, for, for the support. Honestly, I had somebody else just tell me about the show. And uh, uh, people are listening to this and they're sharing it. Uh, it it's awesome. Uh, this is always just kind of a, a, a hobby, always kind of a side project, something to kind of fill our time and be productive with. But the the love and the outpour that we've gotten from this and just people saying, hey, um, you've opened my eyes to something brand new that I'll never hear anywhere else, that for me is a win. Um, just just having someone say that and just having making someone think that they that, that things they never thought about before uh that that's a win and I, I love it and, and that's the reason why i do it i, I don't do it for the money I, I don't do it for anything like that i do it for the for, for the people who come up to me and said hey you made me think you made me question something that i was taught i'm for gonna a pick long up time. a book i'm gonna pick up a book um you know you, you know so you know so you know like what is your philosophy about i'm gonna do some research that for me is awesome and that's why i do it um it, it makes it, it's 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 worth more than any 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 patreon sub subscription I, I love it um but the, but the patreon just keeps the show um funded it's not it's not a drain it's not a net negative on us so that's that's why that's all the patreon's there just to help with the upgrades and stuff but we love you guys. I hope you guys um, have a fantastic weekend. I will uh, catch you guys on Monday. But until Listen, next time, uh, take it easy.